five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas. Okay, good, we got it. Mom, when will Santa get here? Hmm, let's find out. I know just who to ask. Hi, thank you for calling. I'm sorry, this is Tanya. How may I assist you? Hi, we were wondering where Santa might be right now. Well, let's take a look. Santa is currently over Milan, Italy, and he's headed in your direction. I can't wait. Thanks for letting us know. We'll make sure to put out cookies. Happy holidays. Be safe out there. Happy holidays. Push the blue OnStar button to find Santa on December 24th. Or okay, and now we've also got official NORAD track Santa um, over the North Pole. It's only 16 hours and 58 minutes until Santa starts his ride. So it's not even a whole day yet. I mean, I, I didn't realize it was only like 16 hours till Christmas. So, uh, you know, you better get ready if you don't have, uh, if you, if you don't have your, your sleigh full yet. And that's, uh, this is going to be something I have to see. See, there's a tracker and there's all kinds of stuff here. I, I don't know how it all works. Track with radar. Only oh, no, you can chat with the radar. Okay, so anyway, noradsanta.org. You got that? Maybe we'll put that in the show notes or write to me. You better watch out. Yeah, we're going to get to that in a little bit. <laughs> this is a pretty... Of course, I've relaxed my standards a bit on the show today because that's why I'm here. <laughs> Let's see if I can figure this out. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so... Uh, next, we want to get over to GDPR, how GDPR stole Christmas. Let's see if I got that. Oh, yeah. This is great. I mean, this is just, I think, amazing. Look at that. It moves and everything. This is by Cyberduck, and it's like a big infogram kind of thing. Uh, Twas the night before Christmas when all through the grotto, panic was afoot. Santa had forgotten to prepare for the upcoming GDPR enforcement i was thinking they might be able to get at least one stanza of of a poem in here that was the only thing that was really missing it was the night before christmas when all through the grotto gdpr enforcement was at the door but santa did not oh <laughs> did nothing or something santa cared not oh see i could have done it in a minute <laughs> they should have called me Anyway, first of all, Santa didn't think it related to him. Now, GDPR is the General Data Protection Regulation, and it's basically the EU, although uh, although the UK has kind of continued on with it. And most of the news I get is from is from the EU. So, I mean, is from the UK. So it it introduced a lot of legislation. Most of it was about email. And in fact, <coughs> one of the big catalogers deleted all their data past 12 months because that's what they, they that's how they interpreted the regulations. And the other catalogers got together and said, "We've been doing this forever. You know, you, you, we need to appeal this. Our customers want to get our catalog." And uh, that and so they did and. You know, they, they argued a compelling use 
and uh, of mail and that they were allowed to keep their data and keep thinking about what they were keep doing what they'd been doing but anyway so santa uh let's get over to the pdf because it i got it marked up and, and i will get mixed up if i don't okay so uh santa said it wasn't relevant he's been getting christmas so right for all these years what's different now well a lot of bureaucrats is most of it santa stores lots of personal data at the grotto he see i don't know where this grotto came from i never heard of that part before but he sees you when you're sleeping he knows when you're awake he knows if you've been bad or good so of course the gdpr affects him there's a punchline at the end you're gonna like okay santa keeps a list he checks it twice he knows who's naughty or nice but that's a breach of gdpr he's kept tabs on us for decades when he only needs to know if we've been good in the past year and there's some point to that right on unfortunately you know in in modeling in catalog circulation modeling we look back a long ways when when i started working with dick cabela um they only mailed the 12-month buyers and if you bought a fishing lure and he sold a lot of single lure orders if you bought one fishing lure uh, and he claimed he could fulfill it a $5 lure with 35% margin so he's got a dollar fifty and he claimed he could make money at that which I don't believe but anyway that aside Dick and I had quite a few conversations about these things anyway uh, and it was great that I got to work you know really right with Dick I, I taught him modeling, customer modeling. But one of the things that happened was that we had to pull the fishing mail mailer uh, lists in like by December 1st. And so what would happen is they would they would pull all the hunters and they would mail them a fishing catalog. And then coming around in the summer when they were going to mail all the hunters, the most recent buyers were fishermen, so they would weight them higher in their RFM. And they also had a system that would flag if you ever bought one fishing lure, you were a fishing customer, If you even if you'd bought tens of thousands of dollars worth of hunting gear. They didn't have any way of, of, of gradiating, of categorizing how much of a fisherman you were or how much of a hunter. And one of the interesting parts, because Dick and Jim both hunted and fished they thought kind of everybody did and you know probably there's some truth to that but not everybody buys at the world's foremost outfitter their gear like i was comfortable buying fishing lures at walmart i didn't care if it, you know a 25 cent or a 65 cent uh fly rod fly i can catch fish on that but you know some people need a, a 20 dollar orvis nymph or something and i've caught fish on those too um, so I didn't need Cabela's for fishing gear and only about 10%, five to 10%. I don't remember the exact number, but a, a very, a relatively small number bought regularly in both categories. So, but one of the things we found out, so we told Dick, you got to ease up on that 12 month thing. Cause when I went around talking to people in sporting goods stores and asked them if they'd heard of the Cabela's, this was before they had stores everywhere. Uh, they all told me I used to get their catalog. Cabela's would mail you 12 months, so if you bought fishing, they wouldn't mail you right away because they'd already pulled the fishing names. So they'd start mailing you camping or 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 turkey hunting or or footwear or some other catalog. They had catalogs every month, 
Um, and by the time they got around to fishing, they'd already mailed you eight or nine different catalogs, maybe 10, 10. And if you didn't buy right then, they would stop mailing you forever. I said, maybe you'd be better off just mailing them the fishing catalog for three or four years and not trying to mail them all this other stuff or mailing them sparsely. So they thought that made sense. The other thing we found was that a muzzle loader, which is a three or $400 item, maybe more, depends on what you get, um, and you can buy those through the mail. What we found out was that muzzle loader buyers went dormant for about four or five years. Um, you know, Cabela's also was really did well in, in, in zip codes where they're mobile homes, high percentage of mobile homes. So what we figured out was that, uh, you know, you bought the muzzle loader for a couple of hundred bucks. The Cabela's box, big Cabela's box showed up on the doorstep. And your wife said, now what did you do? And, uh, you know, you can't hide it from her now. And she says, we we needed a new refrigerator. You said you were going to get me a refrigerator and you got this gun. And you try to explain to her it's a rifle. It's not a gun. It's a muzzle loader. It's a it's a. <laughs> A boomstick, a smoking pole. Anyway, but, you know, so a couple of years go by, and by the time the divorce is settled and you've moved into the mobile home, now you can buy again, and you're as good as a hotline buyer. That's what we found out with the modeling. And sure enough, it worked. A four-year-old muzzleloader buyer was like a brand-new hotline. Anyway, so you need you need this data. And so, you know, watch out. Don't arbitrarily let your... Let your data analyst, uh, you know, delete everything. We, uh, we, oh, here we go. So Santa should in, have introduced data minimalization policies to ensure he only acquires, keeps, and uses data he needs to do his job. Well, you know, sometimes that's hard to know because sometimes you'll have a variable you hadn't thought of and all of a sudden you will and you've gotten, gotten rid of them all. I would archive them, you know, don't put them online, put them in some cave somewhere in case you figure something out along the way. He also needs to acquire informed consent. Another big problem. It's a big problem. It's more a big problem for CCPA. But in most cases, direct mail is allowed. That's the interesting part, is if you send a postcard out to ask people if they still want to keep getting your your communication, that a lot of times is allowed. What isn't allowed is an email. You can't email people to find out if they want to be emailed. It's a violation of GDPR, and one airline got fined $70,000 just for one email to, to try to get consent. So once the deadline passes for consent, you can't, you can't ask for consent because that's considered an abuse of contact without consent. That's what bureaucrats do. Okay. Now, millions of children all around the world write to Santa every Christmas, but now they can ask to be forgotten, right? But that would take another stamp. And we already have passed on. We're now into video games and, you know, the metaverse. And so we don't care anymore. We forget to ask Santa to do that. And it's not easy, okay? It's not easy because if somebody asks, I, says, I don't ever want to be mailed again, and you just delete them, this is insane. Okay, this is why these regulations are mostly insane. Because now let's say that somebody buy, you know, so so you're, you're Land's End and somebody writes to you and says, I don't want my name on your list anymore. I'm sick of getting Land's End catalogs. How anyone could ever say that, I don't know Land's End again. 
nice Land's End turtleneck. Uh, but let's say somebody did. You know, I started buying from Land's End in the 70s when I was in college. You know, wow. Anyway, so, but let's say they want to be delete. Delete me from your list. Okay, that's what the regulations say to do. Now let's say they buy from L.L. Bean because they, for some reason, like L.L. Bean and they buy a couple of orders or they buy Eddie Bauer. I bought a couple of Eddie Bauer turtlenecks. They were ne not nearly as good as Land's End. I don't know if they've fixed them yet, but that was probably 20 years ago and I've never, never bought from uh, Eddie Bauer again. So let's say I switch to Eddie Bauer, though, and now you're on the Eddie Bauer list and Land's End and Eddie Bauer decide to swap. And they exchange buyers that are more than two years old or something like that. And Land's End doesn't rent their list unless you've got a list to rent, you know, to, to swap with. So now you get a Land's End catalog. Now, never mind, you don't care about the nuances of uh, list exchange or key code tracking. You don't care that it came from the Eddie Bauer list, which you just bought off of a couple of years ago. <coughs> and so now you call up the... A state attorney general of California and you say, hey, Land's End's mailing me and I told him to delete my name. And you know what? The state of California can come after you for that. And yeah, yeah, you're in the clear, but they may not understand all that stuff either. So now what? Now you got to fight it out. Better, <coughs> instead of deleting their name when they ask to be deleted, save their name and put it in a in a bucket that every mailing you do, whether it's a rented list or a customer list, you don't mail them. By keeping their name, you can accomplish what they're trying to accomplish, which is to not get your catalog anymore. By deleting your name, you can't. It's out of your hands now. You just rent the names you rent. And, you know, you could rent a, a list that they are very happy to be on and are happy, and, and you could mail them again. And now you've got two catalogs in your hand, and you say, this catalog, on this date I called them and I did this, or I sent them this registered letter, and they should, were, should, were supposed to never mail me again, and here's a new catalog. Let's sue their butts off. Okay, so you don't want to forget your customers. You want to keep a list of who want, doesn't want to be on your list. That's how you do it. Okay, I don't want to install Windows updates. Okay, so, oh, good Lord, it's coming after me all over the place. One of these days, I'm going to be completely, this is my last Windows machine right here. One of these days, I'm going to be completely rid of it. Okay, so Santa keeps track of his elves who come. Santa needs to hire data controllers and data processors. Yeah, so one of my clients, we decided to mail past customers that were going to start a catalog. The IT director quit. She would not mail these people without prior consent. I said, how are you going to get prior consent? She didn't know. But she said they bought from us on a, from another channel, and to, to mail to them is a violation of their privacy. Anyway, okay, so she quit. So be careful who you hire on data controllers and data processors. It'd be nice to get someone with some marketing brain in their head who knows the real laws. And if you don't, and if you are in that situation, you may want to talk to me. Okay, so when Hamaker Slemmer hired us. They sent me a catalog. They sent me a contract. Here's for a couple of years now. Not this year. Okay. They COVID. They they canceled the contract and went with somebody else. But for a couple of years, uh, just up to now, 
So they hand me a contract and it says, you'll comply with the CCPA regulations, which is California's version of GDPR. I said, I'm not signing this. I'm not helping you. I'm not working for you. Well, I was, you know, more than a few a few figures of work worth of money. Uh, but I, I, they had a data controller. They had a, a, a compliance officer. And I told them, go pound sand. I'm not doing it. For one thing, the courts haven't even sorted out how the regulations are going to be applied. I'm not going to promise to comply with something that hasn't even been decided. Secondly, they don't make any sense, like I just explained. I said, in some cases, I would recommend you violate the letter of the law to comply with the spirit of the law. And that's a nuance that the compliance officer hadn't completely thought about. Okay, so if you want somebody to fight about this stuff, I'd be happy to fight for you with your IT department. And uh, then, you know, security. But here's the end. Here's the end party. This is really, really funny. So Santa's in big trouble. It says Santa's in big trouble. But fortunately, Santa doesn't make any money. <laughs> if he did, he could have been fined up to 4% of his turnover or $20 million, whichever amount is greater, okay? So if you're a $100 million company, you could get fined $4 million. If you're a billion-dollar company, you could get fined, what, $40 million? okay, or whatever it is. It's a lot of money. Uh, so whatever it is, I deleted all of my EU. <laughs> when GDPR came into effect, I actually wrote to everybody I had on my email list <laughs> in UK. I said, I've never made a dime in the UK, but I make some money in the US. And according to the, your laws, I can be fined based on my USA business, even though it's not relevant to the EU. They said, I'm just not going to email you anymore. And then I got a couple of really nice letters back. No, we like getting your emails. <laughs> Don't take us off. I said, but I might forget to, you know, the, to, the right to be forgotten. There's a time limit, you know. They said, we promise we'll never sue you. <laughs> but anyway, so it's got some teeth in it, although it hasn't really been enforced very, very much. I don't know what, I don't know if anything's really come from it, to be honest. Because, as I said, the implementation of it in your company is so backwards and so misguided that it probably doesn't make any sense. So, I hope you learned something today. Sorry to get into all this legal baloney, but it, it, it matters. You know, I was on yesterday on LinkedIn and somebody was talking about, well, they don't, you know, they don't mind charging shipping because they save people on the sales tax. They're not collecting sales tax. And I said, it's not. They said, well, this is a little company with under 100,000 in sales in a particular state. I said, some states have that rule. Some states don't. And what people don't realize is the states can hire an accounting firm in your state that advertises in their state and says, I'll collect the sales tax for you. I'll do the audit and I'll just take a commission. I'll take 10% or 20% or 50%. You know, the, the out-of-state government has no risk no cost, and somebody can come in with the authority of the federal government and the Supreme Court and everybody else and come and look at your books and find the nickel of sales tax you might not have charged to somebody in who knows where, Alaska. Anyway, have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho.